everybody doing? Wait a second. I'm not properly mic'd up yet. Let me get it together. How is everybody doing? This here is episode nine of the Ways World podcast dude you are not about to do this with this microphone oh oh for the first part that, that this is what i do this is my new thing now for the first part i'll cut it off eventually but i have to get this out there i hate your husband already thank you this is episode nine of the ways world podcast on this episode we will be speaking on what is going on in america right now not just america but what's going on in the world talking about the, the riots, talking about the protests, talking about all the things that's been going on after the murder of George Floyd. I am your host, Wade. I am co-host of the Ways World Drunkcast, co-host of talking, I said talking, yeah, co-host of talking sports, co-host of taking by the hand, and on tons of other shows. Basically, I'm the CEO, president, owner of the Ways World Network. To my left. What's up, guys? It's your girl, Shani the Shooter. I'm a photographer here in Indianapolis. You should hit me up. You can follow me on Instagram at Shani the Shooter, Twitter, twi- Twitter at Shani the Shooter, and, <laughs> and on TikTok at The Shani Show. And to my right. Y'all may not recognize him because he got the do-rag over his head, but he has been here before. At least you heard his voice before. To my right, you have the man who is not only an experienced wrestler, who is not only a man man of the cloth, not only a marriage counselor, a loving father, a devoted husband, one of the members of Black Guys Talking About Wrestling Podcast. To my right, we have Mr. Robert Clark. Say what's up to the people. I refuse if you're going to continue to talk to people through this microphone. For our guest, I will, I will, I will end the microphone part of the microphone. Wow, Josh, I hope you're watching. I hope you're watching because we could get him to turn the microphone off. You're welcome, Josh, because I'm a whole grown man. We are not about to sit here with the Barbie microphone. It's not a Barbie microphone. It's close enough, Doc. It's a karaoke it's microphone. microphone. It's, it's close enough. It's for her karaoke show. No, 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 no. I said what I said. Her using the microphone versus you using the microphone. And Josh should be using it too. Two totally different things. And clearly Josh doesn't want to, as Shani just pointed out. He does, just just not not randomly. He wants to do it for the show that they're about to do. Karaoke with Shanice and Josh. Coming very, very soon. You couldn't get him to put the microphone down the other day. It's absolutely terrible. The other show. It became a part of me. It became clearly. It became an extension. You you just had your whole Chris Jericho, Dwayne Johnson, little wet dream right there. I am totally offended right now. If I could start, if I could, if I could literally just walk down the wrestling ramp and and do a promo with this mic, I would. I would. How good the promo would be, I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm ashamed. But you know, I'm ashamed. But tell, but tell the people who are visually seeing you for the first time on the Ways Real Podcast, sir, let them know who you are. Uh, I got warrants, so I really don't want to tell y'all too much about me. As he said, my name is Rob, uh, lifetime uh, listener, longtime uh, commenter of the uh, Ways World Podcast. I call them out as often as I can. Um, I'm just a, a, a Negro with a voice, and I like to use that voice from time to time to talk about things that I like to talk about. And they just happened to pick the right one today. Okay. 
Um, Robert is also part of a special club. I have to figure out a different name for it. I don't want to know what the name of this club is. It's a special club. No, no, it, it, it's good for the podcast. Yeah, um, you do. It's called the Two Timers Club. Oh, okay, okay. Um, uh, that does not sound right. And that's at all. what I'm saying. I, we, have so figure out, wife we have to figure out. We have to figure out like a, a, a different name say. for it. But whenever I've had a guest on here more than once. It, it, which is a very rare occasion. Like I, I normally try to switch up the guests or keep a new guest going. But if I have you on here more than once, you're integral to what we do here. And again, I have to figure out a different name instead of the Two Timers Club because just like the last person, they was like, um, my my significant other might be watching this, so I don't think I would. Exactly. <laughs> so, so again, like I said, I think of a, a different name. But this is his second time. He was here once in season one, and he's back again for season two. So, let's just get started. Fuck racism. Now, okay. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not burying the lead here, because it's, it's tons it's tons behind that. Clearly, but, you're burying the lead. I'm not, I'm not. But the reason why I wanted to just say that out loud is because it obviously needs to be stated. It's been stated before, and it's going to be continuously stated until things change. Like I said last broadcast, I think on the drunk cast, we have a problem here in America. It is systematic and systemic oppression of people of color. Or, again, anybody basically that you can say is not white or Caucasian. Um, Those are two different things? Some people, I've heard people, I've heard people separate the two, like, Oh, well, you got the Caucasus Mountains, and then you got white people. You got British, English, like different types of white people. So it's white people. Again, I get. It. I just I've heard it in multiple ways. That's why I want to be, try to be as it's white people. That I got you. I got you. I got you. Uh, but yeah, this country has a serious, serious, serious problem, and the reason why Mr. Clark said that this was, is a perfect topic um, is because. Along again with me, Shani the Shooter, tons of other people, he's also had his own personal thoughts on, you know, what's been going on. And when I put the post out that that's what this episode was going to be about, he was like, bro, like, what the fuck? Like, how, how are you not going to have me on this particular episode? So it just made sense. It just made sense. But yeah, fuck racism. Fuck racism. Comments, thoughts, anybody? I'm just in agreement with you. I just, uh, I'm tired. I'm just, I find it so hard to even like make it through a day at work because of all the stuff that I just have on my mind. Like, since everything that's happened by me, like, this is not one scenario. Mm -hmm. This is, I've had these exact same thoughts and I've been down this exact same rabbit hole before. And, you know, I hope that it doesn't happen again, but, huh. Fuck racism. This, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. It's to the point on my timeline that I've really thought about deleting or like canceling my Facebook. Um, because my timeline is so dreary. And it's not like I, I don't want to see this information that's out there. But like, how can I put it? I feel like we're in a time right now where these posts need to be out and these posts need to keep getting shared and people need to continuously talk about this. But I guess I'm trying to see a point in the future, which will eventually come, where my timeline, I guess, will be a little bit brighter 
innocence of like, oh, okay, well, this is happening. This is happening. Oh, well, somebody's doing this for a change, or this is happening. Instead of at the beginning of the year, Kobe passed. Then we had. You can't um, blame racism. No, 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 no. I'm not. No, I'm not saying. I'm talking about. I'm talking about my timeline and kind of like my thinking as far as the leading. 2020 is just suck. That's yeah, that, that, that's 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 pretty that's much. That's the gist. That's the gist of it. 2020 has sucked so bad that it's made me want to just say fuck social media altogether because I'm like fuck. I have to find something else that, that that that's a little bit more positive. But that's also why I do this podcast is because it allows me to get out my thoughts. It allows me to truly express myself. And hell, if I if I want to get a get a clearer or a brighter picture, I can do it right the fuck here and do it. You know, do it on my own. Um, but yeah, these are just. A couple of things that's been going through my head. Um, again, anybody, cap off. I'll be right back very, very briefly. I have to check something. What are you, how oh, would you just gosh. start something and then you're like, oh, I gotta go do something real quick? No, that's what I said. Why not be cap That's what's that's wrong with you. That's, that You're a terrible host. I want people to know that, but you're a terrible, terrible host. Anyway, um, Here's here's my here's my thing. I got I got some years on y'all, and I think I've made that abundantly clear to y'all. Um, this isn't new. Sorry about that. Uh, this isn't a um, this isn't a situation that any of us are ever gonna get comfortable not, with. It is. Are you about to have a whole moment while I'm? No, no. I have to ask a question. No, no. We're good. I hate y'all so much. Love you too, right? <laughs> um, and I feel you. It, you know, you've only you've been dealing with this since you've been on social media. So let's say you've been dealing with it for the past ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been dealing with it for the past thirty. I had the first conversation my mother gave me. I was eight years old, and telling me how I needed to to be around police um, in the neighborhood that I grew up in, right here in Indianapolis. Um, I grew up on Thirty Second and Ruckel. Forgive me that I don't pay attention to you guys here. Um, I'm, I've been taught not to just look directly to the camera, you know. Yeah. It's fourth wall stuff. Um, but uh, the neighborhood I grew up in, uh, 32nd and Ruckle, uh, all African-American neighborhood. Um, in that area, if you go through there now, they're starting to gentrify and you start to see things and people that, necessar- that weren't necessarily there. However... Uh, when I was there, it wasn't a rich neighborhood, but you didn't, we didn't know we were poor. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, there was a grocery store right at the end of the block, uh, right at the end of the street. Uh, set, known as, it was called 7-Eleven, and they changed name legally to Double Eight Foods because of beef that the owners had with the 7-Eleven people. Uh, but suffice it to say, this is a grocery store that I went to literally every day. Uh, for some reason or another, whether it was for my own needs or for uh, my mother or my grandmother or my aunt uh, sending me to the store with one of my cousins, we went there all the time. And there is where I had my first run-in with the police at eight years old. Uh, walked into the store. Shortly after I walked into the store, um, police officer walks in behind me. I go grab a couple of things that my aunt had asked me to grab check out one of my favorite ladies uh hopefully she's still alive i just saw her a couple of years ago named is pat checks me out and as i'm walking out the door police officer stops me like right there miss pat can see me and he asked me starts asking me the requisite questions now again i'm eight years old 
and where, where are you coming from? Well, what, what were you doing in here? What were you, you know, who were you, who were you buying this stuff for? And I'm kind of, at eight, you know, I'm, I'm buying this for my, my auntie. I'm going back home to take this stuff to her. Well, you look like somebody, you know, I think you need to come with me. Where's your mother at? We need to go talk about some stuff. And thank God Miss Pat was there because Miss Pat goes, what are you doing to this little boy? Why are you why are you talking to this little boy and, and trying to get him to go somewhere? And he go he tells Miss Pat that there was a there was a disturbance in the neighborhood somewhere. Somebody had gotten something stolen from him. And I looked like the person. And so Miss Pat asked, Well, what did this person look like? Well, what was it? You know, it was a black male, and he's, they said he was like you know, 13 or 14 years old. She's like, does he look like a 13 or 14 year old? He's an eight year old. Yes, he was. And Miss Pat is the reason that I left that store, not with that police officer, and went home. And I go home and tell my mother about it, and my mother has to tell me, hey, guess what? You know, we don't have to have this little conversation. Now, here's where the story starts to F up. Because 30 years ago puts us in 1989, yep. roughly. 30 years later, I'm having these conversations with my kids. Because my kids still have to worry about the very same thing. You could fit the profile. You could look like this. And I've had far too many conversations, both with my own children with my nieces and nephews, with kids in the neighborhood, with kids that I've had to minister to. Um, and of course, I echo the sentiments of fuck racism and fuck racists. But I also have that the uncomfortable position of being one that has to, in certain circumstances, not only speak to the, the racist, but I also have to not defend, but I have to play advocate. Well, not necessarily. I have, to, I have to advocate for the safety of of how people stay safer. And essentially, what we do when we do things like that is we victimize the victim again because we sit and we tell them, "Hey, guess what? Uh, what just happened to you was wrong, but here's how you prevent it." Don't look like you. Don't be this. Don't don't dress this way. And the most painful thing that I've ever had to deal with is telling a black boy that he can't express himself with the clothes that he wears, with the hairstyles that he has, wearing a baseball cap, uh, sagging his pants, wearing certain jewelry, uh, gold or in or in his mouth or not, using slang or not, all of a sudden I have to tell this person, hey, what makes you unique to you and what makes you comfortable as you is not okay. And that re-victimizes a person. And when you do that for so long, not just from my perspective, just generation after generation after generation. And I've determined in myself now, before I get to that point where I'm so far detached from the younger generations, and I'm not talking about my 20s, my 20s, I'm talking about my kids, yeah. my 
eight to 10 year olds, my 10 to 12 year olds, my 12 to 15 year olds. Dreshawn Reed was 21 years old. I shouldn't have to tell him that just because you look a certain way, the police are going to assume something. We still don't know all of the facts of that situation, but we do know this. A black man is dead that should not be dead. We also can't scream fuck racism at that particular situation because while racism is most definitely, as you said, the system that we deal with, who was the face of the system at that time? We still don't know that. So it's, it's, I wanted to be a part of this conversation because I agree, fuck racism. I agree, fuck racists. But I also want to make sure that we're having the right conversations because I've had to have too many times telling people, hey, or correcting people in the language that they use. We need to stop spreading misinformation about what racism is and looks like. So at some point, we'll probably break this down a little bit further. But how about this? We all got white friends, right? Yeah. So in this in this stage, we're calling them allies if they're rallying <laughs> beside us and going down. And yeah, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, they're allies at that point. But some of us just have white friends. Um, and we hear far too often that white people have privilege and they're racist. Well, it's not necessarily all true. Do they have privilege? Absolutely. But we need to understand what that privilege looks like and how it's understood. We need to, we, are, are they racist individually? Absolutely not. The white friends that you have, the white friends that many of us have, do not have access to the capital or the, 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 the political power to do anything to prevent you from doing anything. They just have the privilege of being white. So if you guys both go up for the same job, they might get it. your name is Shani, her name is Sharon, <laughs> Sharon's probably going to get that spot. Right. That's her privilege, not her racism. I wanna, let me speak on that real quick because that's, ironically that you mentioned that, again, I love my mom, but that's why my mom named, named me Wayman. Because she was like, if you go up, if you go up um, to a job or like, you know, you go up against a job against somebody else and they literally just go by names and they literally just see your name com- compared next to theirs, they're not going to be able to say that, okay, by your name, this is a black man. They, it, they, they going, all right, cool. It's going to be like an even, even kill 50 And I think thing. white people don't, some of our white allies and some of our white friends don't necessarily get that. My mother wanted to name me. She told me this when I was like 12. My mother wanted to name me Rashad Dion. Um, and I stopped. When she told me, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I had grown I had grown accustomed <laughs> to being Robert Alexander, and that's privileged information for all of y'all listening. I had grown accustomed to it. And there's there's a little bit, there's history in my name. I'm named after my mother's father's. Her stepfather, the man that raised her, and her biological father. I'm named after those two men. Um, but she wanted to name me Rashad Dion. My grandfather, the man, the man who raised her, Robert Lambert, said to her, don't name that boy that gal. Why? Can't ain't nobody gonna say it right. And that was his only reasoning. This is a man born in 1929. This is a man who joined the military and fought and fought for this country. He's seen some things by the time the 80s got here. And he said, don't name that boy that. 
I've never had a problem. I have, thankfully, one of the whitest names ever. So whenever I have to go, I have one of the most popular first and last names. So you can't just Google my name and my picture show up. Right. But even still, if you look at my name on a resume, guess what? Oh, well, hmm. And he's got college in his, okay, he's got some college in him. He's, he's got management experience. Oh, he sounds like a, and then in walks six foot two, <laughs> 300 and some odd, dreadlocked Robert Clark. That's that's who shows up. One of the first, I, the first time I had to deal with that in a job was uh, General Cinema. Y'all have never heard of that place. No, exactly. No, no, no. Uh, 1997. Uh, Lafayette Mall was a completely different place. It was vibrant. There were stores oh. everywhere. You bet not. Okay, hold no. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. As long as it was 1997, you were like two. Because when I was in, when I was a baby, y'all used to go to General Cinema. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not getting ready to bring up General Cinema, but I am getting ready to speak on Lafayette, Lafayette Square. Square looking different. That's, I you just, always tell me that though. She's always say like back when she was a kid, um, Lafayette Square Mall. Like was had, the mall. Yeah, it was it like was, was like my was, was jumping. Yeah. Like like people like people hitting traffic. They hit traffic for yeah. Lafayette Mall. Like and be, and be in the parking lot. Yeah. Just be posted. Like yeah. where's hitting traffic? Can yeah. I hit traffic? No. Can somebody can somebody tell me about hitting traffic? No. Like, like like let me be in the mess. No. Absolutely. Not. <laughs> so so uh, Lafayette Square Mall looked completely different at the time, and there was a movie theater right in the very front of the, of the mall. So when you walked in on the right hand side. Uh, from the front of the, from the, walking in the front doors, there was General Cinema. On the left hand side, there was an MCL. Hmm. Yeah. Wow, MCL. Yeah, inside the mall. Damn. Crazy. So I put in an application and I gave, I remember turning the application into the person who was working uh, the concession desk, the concession. And I get the call to, hey, you know, they, we do the phone interview. He's like, hey, yeah, I'd like to meet you. Man, phone interview went perfect. I threw on, I threw on the perfect call center boy. Like, hey, yeah, I'm 16 years old. Like, yeah, this is Rob. Yeah, I'd love to come and talk to you about blah. Show up, six foot. Yeah, I'm six foot at the time. I gained an extra two inches senior year. Six foot tall, 200 plus. Short hair at the time, not long hair. And immediately... The gentleman who was so crystal clear speaking to me on the phone stutters. Mm. Now, here was my problem. I'm much, much bigger than this man. And one of the things that I've been taught as a young man is that when I meet when I meet other men and greet other men, I look them in the eye yeah. and I shake their hand. Well, my hand is much bigger than his. And we go, so we meet at the concession desk and we go up to his office. And the entire time, it's stammer, stutter. I'm like, why is this guy stuttering and stumbling over? He was so clear on the phone. This, this wasn't this wasn't a different person. I know exactly who I spoke to. And then I realized, like, I am terrifying this man because I because here's where I messed up. My looking him in the eye didn't break. So when he spoke to me, I looked at him in the eyes the entire time. Yeah. And when I spoke to him, I looked at him in the eyes the entire time. And it could have been intimidating. Ironically, he still hired me. <laughs> because what's better than hiring a big black guy to make sure that nobody tries to run in and watch movies for free in your theater? But that was the first time I dealt with it 
in a workplace. The next time was at Meyer when a guy called me a nigger. Yeah. No. And yes, hard R. I've <laughs> never, I've I never did. been called one, that. One time we was in Terre Haute and we had literally like just, just pulled up. And we came inside, said hi to, to JB and everybody. We came inside, went in. So then we went on the porch. Well, I went on the porch. Everybody else was still inside. I went on the porch to, to smoke a black. As this car sped past and out the window, they were like, nigger. And, and, and the car kept going off. But it's Terre Haute, and they did it like most of them do. They did it on the road. On the road. I'm like, okay, all right. Um, as far as like my experience with racism, being from Gary, I didn't experience it that much. Like, again, Gary's again a predominantly black city, so exactly. I didn't experience it like that. It just, you know, it just was what it was. The first time, ironically, that I actually experienced any type of racism it was probably matter, when you went to college. Matter of fact, no. It well, I don't know. I'm gonna tell you two different times. Um, this one time, I don't know if this is necessarily you can call it this racist, but I was a kid, and when I was going to Bible camp, and we like they had this thing called the mud pit. So at the end of like the last day of every like little camp cycle, everybody would go to the mud pit. So before I even hopped in the mud pit, it was this this little white boy. And he was like, and he looked at me. He was like, "You're dirty." He was like, "You sure are dirty." I'm like, I, I knew I had just took a shower, so I knew I wasn't dirty. Like I knew I, knew I was like actually pretty pretty fresh and clean. Uh, I'm like, I hadn't even gotten in the mud pit. I'm like, that's just my skin, bro. I'm black. He was like, "You're black." I was like. What the fuck else would I, I was looking at him like, what else would I be? Like, clearly ain't got no damn mud on me. I just, I just came out out of the damn cabin shower. Like, I ain't got no mud on me, bro. Like, hello. What you mean? That's crazy. And I've, I've met white people that have never met a black person a day in their life. But I've legitimately never had a had an experience like that. And but, I, I thank God because I feel like it would break me down. The time I was about the other time I was gonna mention was I'm far too too violent and the, the when I got called it it yeah. was an elderly uh, Caucasian man <laughs> elderly Caucasian man I just bagged his groceries and he said it in passing so quickly that it took the cashier who I was working with to call me like Rob I turned back to her <laughs> and she was, and she was just looking at me she's like. Are you okay? I'm like, and I'll go to look back and he was gone. And that's what she did it for. Cause she saw like me going through the motions of like, did he just <laughs> I think of I, that guy, the, the guy from the B movie. <laughs> he's like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It was cause you're frozen in the moment. But I've I'm very much more like my mother than I am my father. My father is one that will avoid conflict. My mother will get in your face, or she would get in your face. And so whether I was going to speak to him mm-hmm. or lay hands on him completely depended upon how that man chose to handle that situation. But again, I think we one of the things that really needs to be understood is do I call that man a racist? Well, he called you a nigger. He's a racist. He's not a racist. I just bagged this man's groceries. That was my job. I got a paycheck to do that. Right. Uh, he didn't own the store. He wasn't a politician. He doesn't. He doesn't directly influence yeah. anything that involves me or oppressing me. And here's what we need to understand, and what more people need to understand. I am a 
for, forgive all of the beard and hair and size. I'm a nerd on the on the very core at the very core of me, and I wear it very proudly. And I love words. And so, be being a word nerd or a grammar Nazi or whatever you want to call it. Hey, it's perfect. Perfectly fine, man. I I pay attention to different things, and so I hear people say stereotype, prejudice, racist, bigot. Those are those are the four buzzwords. Right. And if you look up Webster's Dictionary, most of those will seem to be interchangeable. But racism, prejudice, bigots or bigotry, and stereotypes are four completely different things. They all can conflate with one another, but they are not all the same thing. They're not mutually exclusive. They're not mutually exclusive. Why it's, is that a word? Why? Because, because like, because it describes so many but things. But it's like, but it's it's similar. Dealing with dealing with these types of things is like dealing with the word love, and we've had this discussion years ago when we were talking about before you guys got married. And love is a nuanced thing. There's a different type of love between you as husband and wife, and you and I as friends. Right. Different between you and I as friends and you and your child different between you and your child and you and your parent. Right. Different between you and your parent and you and your community. So on and so forth. You know what I'm saying? So, and those are nuances that we typically, as humans, not black people, we as humans tend to miss. So I'm going to teach y'all just a little bit. When you're looking at those four words, racist, racism, uh, bigot or bigotry, prejudice, stereotypes, those all speak to different things. A stereotype is something that has been accepted or or, or pointed out by uh, by by the by the society. Uh, stereotype is black people are fast. <laughs> you know, black Ch- people are fast. Chicken and watermelon. Yeah, chicken and watermelon. But we like chicken and watermelon. Yeah, Fuck yeah. it, I is what it is. <laughs> chicken and watermelon, great drink. Watermelon. There's something wrong with you. Watermelon there's, is there's fire. Some, there's something that changes inside of you when you eat watermelon. It's, but we're not going to deal with you right now and, and the things that you're saying. But, stereotype, but here's the thing. No, here's the thing about stereotypes. Here's the thing about stereotypes. Everybody has stereotypes. Not all stereotypes are negative. Um, I have I have Asian friends. I have a really close Asian friend and I make jokes about the math thing, but he'll tell you the heartbeat. Shh, I suck at math. You know what I'm saying? But a stereotype can be positive or it can be negative, depending on what the ter- what the particular situation is. Um, so that's what a stereotype is. So if I have if if you quote to me a stereotype that is typically a negative one, are you a racist? Possibly, but not necessarily. So then we move on from stereotypes to prejudices. All of us have prejudices. A prejudice is nothing but me prejudging you based on what I see about you. For those that don't know, I sat here for nearly 40 minutes uh, before we started filming because our dear and beloved Shani just had to put this beat together before we got on camera. And that's fine, sweetie. We appreciate it. She is beat though. Like, look, but, like, look at the face. Like, like, but, but, here's my, but here's my thing. I could prejudge based on that experience. Oh man, she's always, you know, black women always lay to everything. Black women taking forever to get ready. These are pre- we're prejudging. 
Man. We don't know why. I don't know why. Now, say you are in there doing your makeup, but any other thing could have happened. You could have just got off a difficult phone conversation with somebody that really had you in your feelings, and this is why you not. You know what? I ain't gonna let them see me with these red eyes and these puffy cheeks. I'm about to fix all of this on their ass real quick, <laughs> and that's fine. Again, we all have prejudices, and prejudice can be good or bad. Man. As a black man, wearing if I were to go outside right now, wearing jeans that hung off the back of my ass and Jordans with a too big t-shirt and a chain and a swisher in my ear. Guess what? I'm going to be prejudged. If I'm a pre if I go outside however as a black man in a suit and tie, that could go one of two ways. I could be a professional. As a preacher, that's what they expect of me. If I show up and I say I'm preaching for you and I'm in a t-shirt, uh, who are you? No, 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 no. But if I show up in a suit, and I have, and guess what they do? Hey, preacher, what's going on, doc? Yeah, how you doing? I, I'm singing that way. Yeah. But I could also be going to court. True. But so, it's, so it's either way. That's one of the ones that's kind of weird. Yeah. But our prejudices are just that. That we prejudge based on that. So we got those two out of the way. Those two are the ones society pick up on. But those two do not do not exclusively call, uh, call you to be a racist if you have. Uh, certain ide- certain prejudices or stereotypes, right? So let's deal with the other two, the two that are most common and that are most commonly conflated and believed to be, you know, one or the other. Bigots, ironically, can be anybody. A bigot is someone who holds a negative idea idea about a certain person based on their ethnicity. So. As a black man, I can hold a negative, and this is what y'all don't want to hear, and y'all just gonna have to listen. As a black man, individually, not, not collectively, individually as a black man, I can be a bigot. They made a television show about a bigot. We loved it in the 70s. Called the Jeffersons. They were moving on up. Damn. George Jefferson was a bigot. He was the ent- he was the black version of Archie Bunker. Archie Bunker was the, everybody was America's favorite bigot yeah. because he said the most ridiculous shit about any and everybody that he didn't like that wasn't Irish American, that wasn't a wasp, you know, so white American something. Anglo-Saxon, yeah, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Yep. There you go. Um, but anybody can be a bigot, and we can all hold bigoted ideologies about certain people. I may have had a, a terrible run-in with a Hispanic person. So guess what? Now I'm bigoted towards Hispanics. Um, I may run into, I may have a bad incident with a white person, and now I'm bigoted towards white people. Um, these are big, These are bigoted ideas. And here's the thing. I don't have to be violent to be a bigot. I don't have to be outwardly hateful. I can sit here smiling Mr. Charlie's face and then go behind his back and call him Mr. Charlie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because that's how that's how I saw it when I was a kid. I, I had black men that, that had reasons though. That that well, let's say they had justifiable reasons to feel the way that they did about people. But they took those and they blanketed it those experiences on an entire race of people. So they had bad experiences with this white man. Now all white men are that way. 
But when you grow up in Jim Crow South, when you're told that you can't drink out of this water fountain, when you're told that you, you're less than, when you're, when you're seeing your friends treated a certain way, and when you're out with your parents and you watch the father, the man that raised you, treated like a boy, yeah, it's, it's going to color the way that you see certain people. So, we can all be bigots. Is every bigot a racist? No. But every racist is a bigot. So we've, uh, we've now unpacked prejudice, stereotype, bigots, and now racist. Well then, Rob, if a racist, is, if not every racist, if every bigot isn't a racist, then how in fact are you racist? Glad you asked. Every racist has negative prejudices about certain people. Every racist has negative stereotypes. They hold negative stereotypes and, and they share those negative stereotypes amongst other people. Every racist is a bigot. But is every white person, is every kid, well, who can be a racist? Mm, that's the part that we started. Who can be a racist? Can a black person individually be a racist? No. Disagree with me? Send it to the comments. You know what? Everything that you disagree with me that I'm saying right now, send it to Wayne. <laughs> and guess what he's going to do? He's going to say, Rob, you ain't going to believe what these people said to me. And you know what I'm going to tell him? Take every single message that they sent you, tell them I say, kiss my ass, and then delete it. I said what I said. But if you come at him respectfully, and you say, hey, what? Hey, Rob, check this out. Um, what Rob said is, uh, is, is this, but... And if you can come respectful with it, I may consider it. But consider me like Dave Chappelle right now. I'm probably not going to listen to it. Um, so, here's my... Do you need to break for commercial or anything right now? Actually, I get to it? actually, yes. So, before we get into this next part, for those that are actually watching this, you know, stay with us. But if you're listening on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, we'll be right back with you. Courtesy of the Anchor app. Anchor app. All right, so we're back here on the second half of this broadcast. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, keep him too long. We're going to try to keep it within the hour if we happen to go over. Again, so what? We're going to go over talking about racism. But <laughs> but um, we're back here with part two. So, sir? All right. So we broke down what, a, uh, what stereotypes are, what prejudice is. We've spoken about what a bigot is. Uh, and again, these are all... Forgive me for not giving you textbook definitions, but these are the way that they work. So now we're dealing with racists. And who can be a racist? Because if you allow the if you allow everybody with a voice to speak, then they will all swear to you that anybody can be a racist because they believe that racism is about hatred. And to a degree it is. Racism is not solely about hatred, and thus we run into the issue of who can be a racist. Can black people, let's let's just go ahead and start with the pink elephant in the room. We're all black people sitting in this room. There's probably black people watching us right now. Yeah. Can black people be racist? Individually? No. Absolutely not. Wait. Black people cannot be racist individually. 
Here's why. Black people do not have the political clout. They do not have the economic clout to oppress another person. Oprah Winfrey is the one of the richest black people in the world, along with both Bob Johnsons and then a, a host of other black people, a couple other black people in Africa. It's not, I think in America we have... Like two or three? No, we got more than two or three. I think in America we have somewhere around... We have less than 25 black billionaires. And I may be wrong on that. Fact check me if you need to. But I believe we have less than 25 black billionaires in America. Um, Michael Jordan is a billionaire. There you go. And Jay-Z, P. Diddy, uh, Oprah. P. Diddy is not a, a billionaire. Oprah not, is. I'm going to say P. Diddy. I thought P. Diddy. And Jay-Z is a joint billionaire with, with Beyonce. Beyonce. Mm, okay, okay. Um, but black people do not have the political nor the uh, economic clout in order to oppress. Really quick. Is Diddy close? Close. Okay. But he's close like Dr. Dre is close. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Wait, is that? I don't know. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say, who is that? No, I said, I don't, I no. don't get it. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're close. Like they're so, they're right there and, but they're not. Anyway. Um, but black people individually cannot be racist. Can black people collectively be racist? This is going to be a little controversial. It's a yes or no situation. And here's why. If you're asking collectively the 47 million black people in America, do we do we have the economic and political power in order to oppress another part, another uh, ethnicity? Can we put them beneath our feet and create laws and things like that? No, no, I don't think we can. However, black people are responsible for a number of things. And here's why this is going to be a little controversial. Um, ask any quote-unquote hip-hop head how they feel about hip-hop and what hip-hop looks like, and they will tell you what it means to them and how how it, it's, a, it's a reflection of our struggle and who's, who's able to take a part in that. And then you start asking some, and they'll start telling you certain people don't apply. Eminem doesn't apply. Vanilla Ice, Beastie Boys, and all these white, artists and these white acts that have taken that have taken root and had a and, and become something as far as in hip-hop and it's it's a controversial thing and so only in hip-hop are we are we able to quash what can is is it even feasible to quash what's done but think about this every single one of those persons that i named prospered economically they prospered socially they were never, there was nothing ever taken away from them. So again, while it sounds controversial and we know that black people can be bigoted, can they collectively be racist? No, not here in America. Now, if black people linked up with Africans, all of them, we, we go back home, or even if we don't go back home, if the African diaspora decides to say, a diaspora says, you know what, we're going to be a nation and we're going to do this X, Y, Z, we may have a chance, maybe. 
if you see what happened in South Africa, what's been happening in South Africa over the past couple of years, uh, anybody who's a student of history, anybody who's lived through that time, knows that apartheid was a was a very terrible uh, was a very terrible time, uh, not a terrible time. Uh, it, it lasted generations. It was it was Jim Crow on on so steroids in South Africa, and white people. Uh, white South Africans dominated, though they were the the gross minority. But they controlled all of the power and all of the money, so they did whatever they wanted to, and they stole land and they did all these other things. Well, a couple of years ago, black people took power back in South Africa. Not just starting with Nelson Mandela and him becoming president of uh, South Africa back in the 90s, uh, they got full power. And so what they decided to do, uh, the South African government started going to some of these very wealthy white South Africans and said, this is stolen land. We're taking it back. So you have X amount of time to vacate before we take this farmland and this th these resources back. And white South Africans caught, you know, oh, they're, they're being racist. Yeah against us because now we got political power and economic power and we can, and they can now oppress it's kind of hard though when you've been the villain the entire time to turn around and try and play the victim yeah and that's where and, and at this in that stage you start finding people who are saying you know man it's kind of hard to argue for the for the rights of white south africans and even white south africans just like they have, we have allies here, there are white allies in, in South Africa saying, you know what? We had our run. We did all this terrible shit to them, and guess what? It's now coming back on them. Didn't, so it also, if I could just ask this question very briefly, because um, didn't in South Africa, they split them between the Africans and like the Afrikaans, like with the with the K, and the Afrikaans were like the white Dutch that were that were in South Africa? Those became the white South Africans. <laughs> and and now, like I said, and they gave them years to start, like, yo, you got to start turning this stuff over. And they gave them years. And then it got to the point when it made national news, like, hey, y'all got 60 days. 60 days, we coming in and we taking it no matter what. And if you fight against us, this is, a, this is one you're going to lose. Dang. So, Rob, can black people be racist? Nope. Can black people be bigoted? Absolutely. We can absolutely. We can. Tyler Perry can dictate whom he wants in his writer's room. Is that racist? No, it's bigoted. He can absolutely say, I got the money. I'm paying. These are the people. This is what I want my writer's room to look like. This is the, these are the people that I want to see working on my set. These are the people that I want to see doing X, Y, Z. Now. If the federal government comes in and says, hey, Tyler Perry, you've got to have four white people working here, guess what Tyler Perry can't do? Say no. Exactly. Bigoted, not racist. Mm. Can Asians, can Asian Americans be racist? Because we've all had our experiences in nail shops and 
beauty shop and beauty uh, beauty shops or hair salons sometimes, even in Chinese ask, restaurants. People always asking the question, like, are they talking about me? Or people like, I've, I've, I've experienced, again, because I was raised around all women, like, I've experienced, like, my mom or my sister, my sister, like, going to the nail shop and then afterwards wondering if the person that was doing their nails was talking about them. Just, just based off, like, the looks on their face or, like, just based off of of, of the situation that they, they were in. Every time I've walked into a an Asian-owned beauty supply store, uh, I've been asked lo- no less than eight times, are you finding everything okay? Yep. Find everything okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I just... We we went to what mall is that? Um, but, but, yeah, we went in we went in Burberry because I was like, I'm like, what? I'm like, they had a Burberry store in Keystone at the Crossing? It's the fashion yeah. mall. But the thing is, I this that was my first time ever being at that mall or actually having a chance to walk through. So I went to the Tesla store. I went to Burberry. I went to everything possible. We walked in Burberry, right? And I just started looking around like, I know for a fact. You looked, you looked poor. Extremely. <laughs> and, and that's why they started asking, hey, are you finding everything okay? How are you looking? Because you, what you look like goes back to a stereotype. Is that yep. more than likely it was a white person? Yeah, yeah. So you walk into this very posh, very expensive luxury store and this white person says hey are you finding everything okay we barely hit the corner that's what got me we barely we, we was barely out of her sight before she was behind us like hey i found everything but okay. you know what i said what i'm tired of this racist ass mom <laughs> that's what i said they all racist she went off. Racist. She, she did. I'm like, she's. You're racist. You're racist. You're racist. Everybody in this mall is racist. And that's why we're having this conversation. And, and right I feel now. love. <laughs> so, um, that individual white person has no way of. The only thing that they can do is flex their privilege. And we'll talk about privilege after we talk about races. They can flex their privilege. So, her stereotype, because these. Negro. Less than. <laughs> These less than <laughs> these less than wealthy looking Negroes walked into the store and started essentially casing the joint. <laughs> huh, this this seventy five dollar scarf literally seven hundred and fifty dollars looks really nice. This old pocketbook, oh eighty dollar pocketbook. Like why is this why is this pocketbook eighty dollars? No, <laughs> but 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 yet and still. You couldn't afford it. Not at all. And they looked had, at you. I had like $20 they, on me. I couldn't afford it. And they prejudged you based on how you looked. Based on my pockets. No, they prejudged you based on how you looked. So they used prejudice to stereotype you. And then made a bigoted display by, hey, is everything okay? You found everything okay? Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah, hey, Chad. I'll be, I'll be right over here if you need anything. Okay. But what if they would have asked us to leave? Would that then make them racist? No, that would still make them bigoted. Dang it. So, so, so back to okay. and actually another another scenario. And you tell me whether or not what this is. So this was the other instance that I was gonna bring up. Um, when I I used to work for this company called I'm not gonna say the name, but I used to work for this company, and we were selling Direct TV. 
And well, clearly you work for Direct TV. <laughs> right, right, right. No, no, it wasn't. I'm talking about the actual. What? No, but it was like it wasn't Direct TV. It was like a third party. Well, so thank you for just giving up the fact that Direct TV now third party. They partner with people who may or may not be. Go ahead. Look, it wasn't the company. Okay. It sure. was. It was where you've we were already, stationed. You've already done it. Come on, move forward. We were in Connorsville. Uh huh. Again, and wrong place to be. Any place in Indiana in an Inville or town, you probably don't want to be in. We were in Connorsville. And this was actually the day that uh, incident happened at the mall with Shanice. Um, so you go from being bit, being stereotyped in the mall to going to Connorsville. To going gotcha. to Connorsville. Well, no, no, she, she was, was at the mall. She was at the mall. Um, but hers wasn't a stereotype. It was just like a different incident had happened right. around that same time. Long story short... That whole day in, in Connorsville, um, I did not make a sale that single day. The, peop- the people that were there barely looked at me. Mm-hmm. Um, and ironically, the, the, one, the one black guy that I saw there was talking shit about me. Like, like the one black guy I saw was talking shit about me. Uh, and, and my hair wasn't like nappy. Like, my hair was cut. I was clean. I was getting clothes fresh. I was good. Trying to trying to fit in the situation because this is what my bosses told you, me to do. But you can't fit in a bowl full of rice, though. Facts. When you're raising a bowl full of rice, you will ne- you will always stand out, and it just is what it is. And they when I say um, they they didn't look at me, they they did not want. Nobody no, would even look at me. No, and I was, they, didn't, they didn't they didn't want to be they didn't want to be rude, and they didn't want their their prejudice to show. Hey, can I talk to you about nope? And that, and that's something else that got me because like the guy that was with me that was my trainer or like the person. White guy. Yep. Blonde hair, glasses, shades. Talk to like, everybody. Yeah, just try harder. And, and he talked to everybody, didn't he? It's not that they, I'm not trying. And they, and they spoke to him, didn't they? Yep. Yeah. Not, not nice long conversation. Oh, how's your day? Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm having a nice little day. Just put a smile on your face. Then, then they then they glance at me. Ah, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, so can Asian Americans, uh, can Asian Americans be be racist? Uh, no, again, same reasons that Black Americans cannot be. Uh, they don't have the political power. They don't have the economic power. Now they, of course, have money, and they can hold very bigoted uh, ideologies. Here's the thing. Now I said Asian Americans go to Asia. Another story. They don't like this. And it is very, it is very well documented, and I have, I have it on good authority that there's a that in certain areas in Asia, uh, be it China, Japan, Taiwan, mm-hmm. you name it, um, that they do hold a specific stereotype. Uh, stereotype about black people. Didn't I mention this on now, the last on the drunk cast when we was talking about this? Now, I... why do they hold this ideology? Comes back to what we will eventually land on. Hispanic Americans. Can Hispanic Americans be racist? No. Hispanic Americans are just barely more than African Americans as far as population here, but clearly they are afraid of of Hispanic Americans, specifically Mexican Americans and other uh, Central and Southern Americans coming into the country, this is why we have this big fervor about building a, a southern border wall. Notice, we never talk about building a northern border wall. 
So they don't want they, they want the southern border wall to make sure that people from south of the border cannot come in. We want to really really uh, you know we really want to regulate. They really want to regulate how that looks. There is no uh, political power. There is no economic power so far. However, they are gaining traction. And they are lobbying a lot better than black people are. So within the next 25 to 50 years, I would anticipate Hispanic Americans in the United States having a lot more power and influence unless we start stepping up now. So we've spoken about Asian Americans. We've spoken about African Americans. We've spoken about Mexican Americans. Native Americans, they were the first ones here. This is their land. Can they be racist? No. Uh, but follow the theme. Follow they don't have, <laughs> they don't have, the numbers, let alone the economic or political stroke to oppress anyone. Now, in the early beginnings of the of the nation, there are uh, there there's definitely uh, documentation of. Uh, white people trading black slaves to Indians for what have you, because we were just property at that time. So, have did Indians own slaves? You're goddamn right they did. Were they part of the system at that time? You're goddamn right they were. They were outgunned, they were outmanned, and now they damn near been extinct. It been they've been pushed to the point of extinction. So no, they they they're. It's sad to say they're not even in the conversation as far as I'm concerned. Are they bigoted? Oh, hell yes. Absolutely they are. Because again, everybody can be bigoted. So who's left? White, white people, people, right? Yeah. Can white people be racist? Individually? No. No. And that messes with people's heads. What do you mean white people can't be racist individually? The average white person has privilege. And we're, we're going to, I told you we're going to talk about privilege. They have a privilege based solely on their skin color. They're automatically seen a certain way and they're automatically uh, there's there's this unspoken fraternity of being white, just like there's an unspoken fraternity for being anything when you're around enough of us. If we all go hang out in a in a giant crowd together, guess what? We got favor amongst one another. I don't know that nigga though. <laughs> who's uh who brought Becky? We don't know Becky. Now don't nobody know Becky. All right, cool. So we gonna all do this. If Becky come over here though, let's break the fuck out and we'll we'll do whatever it is it needs to be. But the average white person, the, your average white friend, the average white person that you run into isn't racist. Are they prejudiced? Absolutely. Do they hold stereotypes? You're goddamn right they do. Are they bigots? Quite fucking possibly. What you ran into at Burberry? Bigot. <laughs> her job, her, she, she has the mindset of, hey, they're coming in here to steal. Because guess what? All people steal, but niggas steal. And I'm not saying that. I say it with a smile on my face because this is how they think. So just because these black people walked in here, the don't look like they have, I, this is why I don't dress up when I go places. 
I go to restaurants. I let people treat me how they see how they see me initially. I, I walk around with a I don't give a fuck look on my face. I don't smile a lot when I'm in public. Again, I'm six foot two, three hundred plus. I'm just I'm taking up my space. But I want you to treat me how you think I'm supposed to be, how how you think I am. So if you're gonna treat me like oh, I'm a piece of shit and I'm I'm probably coming to cool. I can tell when people because I've been treated poorly by black people in restaurants. Why? Because the stereotype about black people when we go to restaurants is what? We don't, don't tip. tip. I tip very well. Every time I go out. If I sit down to eat and you're serving me, I tip very well. And I tip well based on the service that you provide me. If you give me terrible service, I'm gonna tip you. I'm, no, I'm still gonna tip you. And I'm not gonna tip you terribly. But you know, because I want you to do this, I want you to sit there and be like, damn. I know I was an asshole. I know I should have been better. I know that they saw me dealing with other people right next to them, and I and I didn't even come and ask them if they needed something else to drink, anything like that. I want you to I want you to remember that. And the next time I walk in there, guess who's dancing and can't wait to see me? Mm. Wow. I'm definitely a killing with kindness type of person. However. I also understand that prejudice and, and stereotypes and things like this work out. And that happens with white waiters and waitresses. That happens with black ones. That happens with uh, Asian Americans. That happens with uh, Hispanic Americans. It just is what it is. But we're talking about if white people can be racist. The average white person is a, the average white person is not racist. Definitely can be a bigot. Definitely have bigot tendencies. Definitely hold stereotypes and prejudices. And you'll hear these things coming up in the, oh, everybody's got a white friend that says this, well, you're not really black because, you know, you don't act like a black person. Really? Well, please, tell me, Karen, how does a black person act? Chad, that's I'm so glad that, I, that you're, not, you're not offended by my presence and that I, I, I meet your approval. But that's one of the, that's one of the most bigoted things you can say that I don't, what do you mean I don't, I don't look like, I don't act like, I don't speak like my people. What do you expect of me? And the last job that I was in, I will absolutely call this company out, Guitar Center. Worked at Guitar Center and I was interviewing for a management position. At this, uh, in this particular interview, I, um, I'm sitting in there with the HR person whom I won't call out. And I'm sitting in there with uh, the site manager, whom I, I, I also won't call out. I'm very good friends. Well, I, I was very good friends with both of them. But I did not know the HR person very well at the time. We had made jokes a couple of times. She was, you know, still trying to fill me out. And so we're sitting there and we start going through the, the interview and she's and they're asking me questions and my site manager is the one asking me all the questions. And he's asking me about numbers. What do I, what do I, my numbers look like? How do I do this? Why do I do these things? Why did I treat this situation a certain way versus another situation? And towards the middle-ish, because usually when I sat down and talked to him, it was like 45 minutes every time. So towards about the middle of it, she stops me and she goes, no, no, no. She, she, she's just looking at me like, wow. And 
No, it wasn't. It wasn't in that in that interview. So we end the interview. We're good. I go to for my follow up, and my and they usually give you a follow up to let you know whether or not you got the job or didn't get the job. And of course, I didn't get the job this time. But it's not my site manager this time. It's one of the other uh, what one of the other managers and my HR person. And she tells me, you know, unfortunately, you know, we decided to go another route. But I just wanted to let you know, you really surprised me in the interview. You know, and you were so well spoken. I hate that too. And when, no, the hilarious part because of course these were both white people in this in this room with me, and when he heard it, he just dropped his head. <laughs> I, I, I remember it clear as day. He dropped his head, and he kind of looked at me, praying, Rob, please don't, because he knew exactly what I. And I and and in that moment. I became a little bit of my father and I was not confrontational. She caught it later on though and I reminded her of it. And she's like, well, I didn't know that that's how you felt. Of course you didn't know because you saw it as innocent. But do you realize what that steeped in? That type of phrasing. What do you mean I'm so well-spoken? What, what did you expect to come out of my mouth in a professional setting Regarding me getting a promotion, did you expect me to come in there shugging and jiving and talking crazy and cracking jokes and cussing and everything? Really? That, that's what you expected of me? But because they build, because now here's why we see white people as racist as opposed to bigots or prejudiced holding stereotypes we immediately jump to racist because the color of their skin so any white people watching right now but that that doesn't make me then a racist though then it does not make you a racist call me allow me to finish so white people watching if you're still there i'm about to help you out a little bit the fact that we see we understand that a lot of the things that they say, bigoted or otherwise, can be that. A couple of things play into their favor. Number one, I just, for, before I started breaking these things down, how much of that did y'all know? That they couldn't be? No, 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 no. I mean about bigotry, rate, uh, about uh, prejudice, about stereotypes. Stereotypes I knew, but as far as bigotry. And racism? Yeah, racism not necessarily. The same thing. Yeah. Everybody likes to conflate these things. So we talk about black skin being weaponized and especially in the climate that we're in, that's definitely the way that it is. So white skin is weaponized due to their privilege. Ooh, let's talk about privilege. Because I still, I'm, I'm only talking about individual white people being racist. Now, before I go any further and start talking about privilege, I'm going to make you smile eventually when I talk about the rest of racism. You'll finally be like, yes, I knew I was right at one. <laughs> but you've never met him. I can guarantee it. So, privilege is this. Here's, here's what most white people think when they hear, oh, they're, they're saying the white privilege. I don't have any privilege. Calm down, bucko. Here's, you, people hear privilege. If I told you you had privilege, you're going to automatically... You don't know how I grew up. I grew up in Gary. I grew up, man, it was poor as hell in Gary. We was this and this. 
the people take their individual familial experience and say, this is why I'm not privileged. My mom worked nine to five. My dad worked 10 to six. Uh, we were latchkey kids. We were, you know, we had to fend for ourselves. We grew up in a trailer. We did this and we did this. I still don't have any money right now. I don't know how, I don't have a bank account. I don't, what are you, why are you telling me that I'm privileged? Because hearing that you're privileged is, it sounds like an attack. Well, we're not saying that you're better than us. Privilege does not mean that you're, if you look up privilege, that's normally what you're going to do. People love going textbook definition on all the things that they want to, except the things that matter. So the textbook definition of privilege, you look up like, oh, someone who has extraordinary advantage in this, 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 or this. This is not what we're talking about. It is speaking about advantage, but it's not speaking about it from a tangible perspective. Just like you brought up. If, if uh, Stephen and Raekwon put in the exact same job application, both graduated from the same college, both uh, both high honors and this, that, and the third both have nothing on their criminal background. Guess what? Steven gets that job nine times out of ten. Okay, let's not be that crazy. Steven gets that job Seven. due to uh, what is it? Uh, uh, <coughs> affirmative action. Yeah. <clears throat> due to affirmative action, Steven's going to get that job seven times out of ten. Raekwon gets that job two times out of ten. Stephanie gets that job one time out of ten. Could we still deal with a definite uh, a, a, a gap in how men, women, so on and so forth? Besides the point. So, what is that? That's what privilege looks like. Privilege means that even though my family calls me Jimbo, Jimbo is not what goes on my application. Privilege is, even though, and, and the, the, the argument could be, well, even though, you know. Um, even in the nickname section, you wouldn't put Jimbo? Absolutely like, not. Absolutely not. I've never, I've never in a, my life. I do be a part of the application, like, what do they call you? Like, what's your nickname? Preferred name. Dot, dot, <laughs> I am, again, I've been filling out applications since them joints was on paper. And every application that I filled out, when they asked me what my preferred name is, my name is Robert. Hey, can I call you Bob? No. My name is Robert. Can I call you Robbie? My name is Robert. And they always like, ah, he's joking. You didn't no, see me smile. I'm not. You didn't see me smile at all. Um, but they they this is what privilege looks like. And somebody would argue that, oh, well, why you know, parents, should, you know, your parents should just be more conscious about what they name you. Guess what you just spoke from? Your privilege. privilege. Your bigoted, prejudiced, stereotypical privilege. You mean to tell me Fiona Apple can name her goddamn child seven? No, no, no. I'm sorry. Apple? Gwen, Gwendolyn, yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow named her child Apple. And let's no, it wasn't Gwen Stefani. Erica Badu named her child Seven, Seven. and she also has a daughter named Fly. Um, But again, Erica Badu has money that she. Never mind. I'm gonna say I'm I'm here for (laughs) Fly. I like it. (laughs) So, but but 
But Gwyneth Paltrow or whomever the hell it was, there's there's a person out there that named their damn child Apple. You also got North it, and like Saint. Not again. I love the West kids. Don't look me. at the. Never mind. I, I understand what you're saying. I'm not. I'll, I'll raise you. I'll, okay, I'll raise you North and West, or North and uh, Saint. Saint, and I'll raise you Elon Musk's child. What's the? What? What's the name? Hold on. Hold on. Uh, yeah. I didn't even know he had a kid. I didn't. I don't. I pay attention to Elon, but He's... I kind of. Okay. Our money is like. His, I can't. I can't. Elon eat. Musk kid. Now. He's not in a lot of stuff that I watch. No. Well, whenever I'm in like a real techie mood, I watch Elon Musk. So. Is that I, Mr. Robot? No. That is the child's name. Is that Exorus? Wait, how do you say that? Let me see. Caesar XVIIIIIII. That is earlier this month, Tesla and blah, 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 blah. That's an alien name. Okay, so earlier this month, Tesla and SpaceX CEO Elon Musk announced the birth of the baby boy in a post in Twitter, revealing the son was called A12 Musk. Or X, I don't know how to hell to pronounce this. They changed the name, though. Um, what? Yes. Uh, reveal how to pronounce the baby's name. Okay, here we go. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Like the Canadian nuclear. Elon Musk wants to do like trip, okay trips, rich trips to to Mars. Um, he's, he's not an uh, actor. So no, no he's just very good. Speculation over the name has been a major topic of conversation since the couple welcomed the baby boy into the world on Monday with questions over what the characters mean. The Canadian musician, her real name is Claire Elise Boucher, previously explained that that whatever the hell that is is the Elven spelling of AI. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it was. I knew that wasn't English. Which that was is shorthand for artificial Elven. intelligence. Elves. Elves. Elven, like elves, like, like one of the rings. Like you know, there were elves in. And There's a language? Yes. Well, actually, yes. if you watch Lord they of the Rings... They created an entire... Yeah. Uh, uh, Tolkien... Uh, no, yeah, it's Tolkien. Tolkien created languages for every everything that he did. So, the wizards, the hobbits, the dwarves, the elves, the uh, orcs, yep. all have their own unique languages. Characters, like, letters, it's sentences, like, phrases. It's like, uh, it's like uh, Avatar. There's an actual language behind that. Klingons in Star Trek. Uh, uh, actual language. I was going to say... What Chewbacca that? in Game Star Wars, is it? Yeah, they have actual those languages. Are like, like yeah. you, can, you can do those in different pictures and that's the actual language. And there's like in some it's like reference books, dictionaries. Again, to get real nerdy, there's like reference books, dictionaries where you can literally learn this language and study it as if you're trying to pick up Chinese. But that's how you say AI in an Elvin. But apparently he says it's Ash. Then it's A12. So it's Ash A12. So again, nope. What? Elon Elon Musk has money, money. Yeah, but again, here's what I'm saying. So, so to say that black people cannot name their children Shaquandra or DeAndre mm-hmm. or these other things while your celebrities and other people... There's a man who named his children after white power symbols. He's got a child named Adolf. Uh, he's got a child named... 
Mussolini? No, 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 no. I'm talking like they're all white power Nazi names. Oh. Um, but yeah, went through the whole thing. Wow. You know, uh, so I think he may have named one Sig Heil or something like that. I don't Ooh. know. The, these are the things. Wow. Now, of course, sane, not racist white people will say, oh, that's just no. I can tell you now, Adolf was probably a very popular name. Yeah, it is. Prior to Adolf Hitler. Oh, I, I thought it was still. <laughs> Absolutely. No, no, no. Oh, no, I thought no. it was like a German. Is it German? Yeah. Yeah, it's German like roots, but like, yeah, yeah I don't, you don't see a lot of Adolfs. <laughs> oh, and wow. where Adolfs you do see, they be like, Adolf. Like, they, they go by. Well, they I, go by something else. Yeah. Like, Dang. I didn't know that. Um, it's like when I was a kid, there was a song. Um, this is sad. Um, uh, there was a song. Your mama smoke crack rock. I'm no, sorry. No. Yes, that song was there. But no, there was a song where the chorus said, Mommy, Mommy, please don't leave because Chester's got something up his sleeve. Um, and you saw, and I didn't. I Is that where sing- Chester the Molester comes from? What? <laughs> so, that's why, and I've not met very many Chesters I've after that. I've met one. I've met one. But, um, but again, this is all speculation. This is all my opinion at this point. Um, what I'm saying, though, because I've, I've, I've definitely gone off a little bit. Uh, what I'm saying is those close friends, those friends, those people who, those co-workers who remain silent and, and don't say anything about this, those who may have a lot of these bigoted or prejudiced or stereotypical ideologies, um, those people are most definitely... Um, more are, are quite possibly holding a lot of these things in and have a lot more of it in their head than they think they do. So, can they be racist individually? No asterisk. What does their privilege look like? Their privilege looks like the ability that they have to walk through life unencumbered with the weight of being a quote-unquote minority. Explain this to me. How is it that this 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 white race, so to speak, and you mentioned Caucasus Mountains and then the Europeans, but think about this for a second. If you take the population of Europe, Germany, uh, you know, France, France Austria, Austria, and all that. The United States. <coughs> the United States... Uh, has uh, 600 million people. I believe we're at 600 million here in the, in the nation right now. Uh, a little over 600 million, maybe 700 million. It's a lot of white people in that 700 million. Um, and when you look at that in comparison to the to the quote unquote minorities, you start saying like, man, it's that many more white people than black people. It's that many more white people than Mexicans and. Hispanics is that many more white people than than Asians? But then you think it's a billion people. It's two billion no, I'm sorry, it's two billion people in China. A billion in India. Billion in India. It's three billion people of the world's seven billion people. And almost half are in Asia. Now guess what they ain't counting? Africa. Mm. People of color outnumber people of less color. I didn't know. I, well, I guess 
when we when we talk when we talk about minority, I didn't I all I always thought that that included like Africans too. Mm mm mm. We had a whole continent of us. We have a whole continent of us, and that continent is grossly misrepresented, and it's made to seem as though oh Africa's not really that big. You do realize that the United States fits seven times in Africa. How many people in America? 700 million? million. 700 million. And the nation fits seven times in Africa. This is part of systemic racism. Privilege. I'm getting ahead of myself. Privilege is the ability for a white person to not worry about the things that have plagued black people. Um, After Ahmaud Arbery was killed uh, in February and news didn't break for two months, people started, white people started getting very upset about the situation. And so a white man in a similar area in Georgia decided to go for a run one day. He took his flat screen TV off the wall and he ran down the street with it for miles. Guess what? Nobody bothered him. That's privilege. White people are starting to wake up more and more to the fact that, man, I can do this shit and not really have to worry about it. There's a very famous image, uh, at least famous to me, of a police officer engaged in what looks like a very tense situation with a white man who has his hand placed on his gun. The police officer has nary a weapon in his hand. There are other white people around. This police officer has his hands out. And this white man is reaching for his gun. And you would think to yourself, isn't that the perfect time to reach for your weapon if another person is reaching for their weapon? Dylan Roof, whose name I I shudder to speak, walked into uh, Mother Amy (coughs) and killed nine black people. He then went on the run, was found shortly thereafter, was taken without incident, taken to Burger King, and then taken in for questioning. Uh, I don't remember the young man's name that shot up the uh, school. The not the school. That shot up the um, uh, the movie theater and outside of Denver, Colorado. Yeah, the Batman. Yeah, yeah. Batman, uh, Dark Knight. So it shows how long ago this was. Yeah, but he shoots up the movie theater. It's taken without incident, and was able to stand trial. Found guilty. Dylan Roof found guilty, is now being housed here in the state of Indiana where he awaits death row. Wow. Um, Because Indiana is one of the few states still has death penalty. Wow. Um, There are case, there's case after case. I didn't know that about the death penalty though. Yeah, there's not many states that still have the death penalty. Um, But there's case after case after case and here's where we can speak about the privilege from any any other place. We've spoken about it from the from the economic perspective, from from getting jobs. Um, um, 
if you want to look at the privilege that some white students have over uh, educationally, just the, the privilege afforded. Now, this actually does play into the wealth of white people. The education afforded to certain people just based on the lineage that they come from where their family was able to pass money down enough to where, hey, me and you could be friends in this school, but we're only friends because we go to this school. We live in two completely different neighborhoods. Perfect example, my kids went to school 70, right on the corner of 46 and uh, Central. Um, 46 and Central, for anybody that knows, is in the heart of the Meridian Kessler area. Meridian Kessler is a very expensive neighborhood. My children lived at 46th and College which is not a part of the Meridian Kessler area. Right. They're trying to call it Sobro now, but we lived at 46 in college. Still a fairly decent uh, neighborhood, but you could get stabbed if you went too far, and you could definitely see people doing things they weren't supposed to do. But once you got up towards 46 in college, or Central and, and Illinois and, and Meridian, you start seeing... A drastic shift in what houses look like, and there were and there were children that went to these that went to this this uh, magnet school for the performing arts that lived in that area, and those kids walked to school just like my kid, my son did. My son walked several blocks from 46 in college up to 46 in Central. Usually, I walked him up there, and that's and, and it was good. But there were kids that came from 52nd and Meridian. In a very nice house, whose mom dropped them off and mom picked them up, and there was a there was a shift just those few blocks away. That school now is a uh, is no longer a performing arts school. They moved the performing arts school downtown behind the, down by the zoo, and so they still have the school as far as far as uh, IPS is concerned, but that is now a. Uh, it's, a, it's one of the uh, international schools. And it has the IB program, which is supposed to be this college prep program. And the reason that that happened is because the wealthier families in the neighborhood said, hey, we too this, close. this is what we want. And so we would like to see a certain demographic in this school. This is what we want. And guess what? That's racism. Now we're going to start talking about systemic racism. So, racism, unlike being individually racist, is a system. Racism speaks to the things that you can do to affect how someone else can live, survive, be oppressed, so on and so forth. Are there black students in that school still? Probably. I'm near certain there are. However, that school is went from being, and I remember this number, the school went from being 80% black to 60% white when they changed. And it, wait, so wait, this is the international school that yes. we're talking about that's predominantly yes. white? Yes. Okay. Went from being 80% black to 60% white. Just like that. In one school year. We got the letters and saying, hey, we're moving to school to blah, blah, blah. And here's the thing. They moved the, and you would think like, oh man, they moved them to this bigger school that it, it feels more like it's a creative arts, a more creative environment. And it is. 
But what was so wrong with these kids going to school in their neighborhood? Yeah. My kids went from walking to school to being bused. And we bused them further away. And this is what happens when racism systemically starts to take place. So, individually, I said that white people cannot be uh, cannot be racist, asterisk, right? Here's why that asterisk is there. And I know I'm taking up a lot of y'all's time. Uh, it's 11.32. Um, the reason that the asterisk is there is because you have white people who have money, who have political influence and who have just enough credit I don't want to say street credibility because that just makes it feel very niggerish I don't want to do that um, but they have just enough social pull to say hey we want this to happen and so it needs to happen this is where systemic racism starts to take its its course so if I don't want my kid why Indianapolis Indianapolis has long had this battle and Indianapolis Public Schools has fought for a long time to be what they eventually, they fought against what they eventually became, that being a very black dominated school district um, but whenever they decide, whenever, whenever you start seeing things change that's very drastic, they'll always sell it as, oh, well, this is better for the community. So again, the IB school coming in, oh, we're, you know, we're bringing in this college prep school and it's going to do this. And you start selling it on the idea that, hey, this school is going to produce these types of scholars. It's just fantastic. But most black children don't learn in the environments that those schools operate in. This is why you see black kids who And I hate saying this, but we if we don't start understanding how pe that there are differences in learning. Uh, the first kid I ever saw that dropped out of school was a white kid, by the way. He dropped out freshman year. I went to middle school with him, and he, he said freshman year, I ain't doing this no more, and left. Um, but when you take away, when you look at the way that public school is set up, it's very industrialized. You make a person sit in class for X amount of time and they train you psychologically in order to put you in the workforce. This is why a lot of the things that we learned in, in our public schools have absolutely no correlation to the things that we do now that we're adults. They teach you to go punch a clock and to be and to, to work in factories. That's how the, the traditional American school was set up. But there are so many, but we've learned over time that there are different learning modes. People and people take uh, information in a certain way. Certain kids are just better with their hands. They're better with tactile learning. But you don't have tactile learning in, in these schools, not in elementary, in, in middle school, or in high school. They've taken away all of the programs that were taking people, that, that had these kids where they weren't very good in, in chemistry, but were really good with a pair of clippers in their hand. Or these kids that didn't quite cut it in in um, in geography, but man, they could they carpentry was their thing. I'm gonna say wood shop. You know, 
doing wood shop and do all this. They, they took all of these things away for the benefit of, well, they took all these things away, number one, because the city just, because city budgets started seeing that it was easier to take money from those places and reallocate them someplace else. This is why I'm a huge fan of defunding the IMPD. Uh, that's another story for another time because that'll take me another hour to really talk about. Okay, honestly, I was, I was going to ask because um, we got about seven minutes before this cuts off. Um, I was going to ask if you wanted to come back for, for part two, for part two. Sure, why not? But let me get back to this so I can make you feel better on the inside and to better understand, help you explain what racism is. Racism is about the system. Racism starts with it doesn't start with an individual, it starts with a group. So here's what, how racism works. Uh, this group says, hey, we want things to be a certain way. So we're gonna vote and put our money towards those things. This group says, hey, those things don't necessarily line up with the things that we need, but we don't have the money or the political influence in order to do so. We couldn't vote for so long, so it didn't matter. Whatever they voted, happened. That's how Jim Crow came about. Jim Crow was not just about the South. Jim Crow was everywhere. It was on the West Coast. It was in the East Coast. And it was up North. There are still remnants of Jim Crow, uh, the, 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 the impact of Jim Crow, even in the state of Indiana, because if you, as you travel South through Indiana, you stop at some of these rest areas, you'll notice that they have multiple bathrooms for men and women. That's not because they don't have enough space. They have separate doors that connect to the same to the same thing. Those doors were colored in white. They just knocked the signs off. Yep. We're gonna vote, and this is the way that we want it to be. Well, cool, so if you're voting for it and you're gonna put the money up for it, this is what we're gonna do. But what about us? We'll go vote, but my vote doesn't count as much when I'm not putting money behind. So all of those bigots that have money, all of those all of those prejudiced people who have who who have influence in jobs, all of those uh, prejudiced people who have who hold these negative stereotypes about certain people now influence the way that infrastructure, business, poli uh, poli uh, legal policies, political gain, the whole all of these things wrap up into what they can do. Well, black people can do the same thing if they just got together and voted. 47 million people, 47 million black people, last census, is how many we have. Still does not equate to 200 million white people. So do we need white people to help push forward? That We absolutely need white people to say, hey, I'm going to be an ally to these black people and use my privilege, my privilege being not just the color of my skin, but my political influence, mm -hmm. my celebrity, if I have that, to, to raise my voice because my celebrity goes much further than these, than, than these, these 50 states. My celebrity goes to Germany. My celebrity goes to China. My celebrity goes to India, my celebrity goes to Australia. Now all of a sudden, you got people saying, hey, we thought these black people over in America were so terrible because the image that this system 
put out through its media, both news and movie, through its books, through the racist retelling of history, because the, 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 the history is written by the victors. And so however they tell it to you is how they're going to teach it to you. Oh yeah, so this is what black people were, and they're they're rewriting history books now to make slavery seem like oh no, we just brought some we black just people over. Yeah, yeah. That, that's real. Like when I told that, that's real. Like that one, that wasn't me BSing or just making that. That was real. Like they're so, really doing this. So this is this is this is what we have to this this is what this is what people are protesting about. We've sp- we've been here four hundred plus years, and we're still fighting for the exact same thing that we were. For the exact same thing. Again, I told you, 30 years ago, my mother was giving me my first conversation. 30 years before that, her mother was giving her that conversation. Which means very likely, 30 to 40 years before that, my grandparents were getting that same conversation. And they were getting it from the source. I'm going to say, I've had that conversation. I'm pretty sure your mom has had that conversation. With, she's never had that conversation never with you? never really had that conversation. Oh, yeah, my mom had that conversation with me. When I was young, and, and I'm only kind of cutting it because we got like two minutes left, so I do need to, to get into the outro um, real quick. But yeah, my mama had that conversation with me when I was fairly young, and she let me know. She was like, if you see a police officer, you know, make sure that you stay calm in the situation. Make sure that you don't, as much as you possibly can, not seem like a threat. My mother told me, come home. Make sure you come back to me. Um, this has been... Episode 9 of the Ways World Podcast. He said he will come back for part 2. So hopefully he can come back for, for episode 10, which again is a very magic number here on 10. the way. 10.2. You know, 10.2. But I have been your boy, Way, host of the Ways World Podcast, co-host of Talking Sports with Wayne Crony, one of the hosts of the Drunk Cast, co-host of Take Me By The Hand, and I will be showing my face across multiple different shows here on the newly established Ways World Network. We got 60 seconds. Make it quick. I'm your girl Shani the Shooter, photographer here in Indianapolis. You can check out my work on Instagram at Shani the Shooter. I'm on Twitter at Shani the Shooter at TikTok at the Shani Show. Fuck racism. Defund IMPD. This has been the Ways World Podcast. Peace! <laughs>